Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Tinker Talks. Tinker Talks is the audio format podcast that discusses happenings behind the fence line of Tinker Air Force Base. Today, we are joined by uh, Caitlin Kern. She also goes by Allie, so from this point forward, we will not call her Caitlin. We'll call her Allie, as she prefers. Uh, She's the Family Advocacy Intervention Specialist with the 72nd Med Group, and what we're going to be talking about here today is Teen Dating Violence Awareness Month. Um, I am also joined by our new guest host here, April McDonald. And uh, before we jump into the whole podcast, we do have to say that uh, we have some some sad news to announce. Um, sad for us, but not sad for the, the other person. Uh, Jillian Coleman, who used to be uh, in this spot with me here on the podcast, has taken a promotion. And so she has moved on. And uh, we're sad because it's a, it's a big loss for our office, but super excited for Jillian as she's moved on and uh, promoted up and, and on to great things. So, uh, Allie and April, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? A... Trying to stay warm. It's chilly outside. <laughs> As I think it was 19 <laughs> degrees out, I think, when I get up this morning. So, lots of fun here in Oklahoma. So, Anyway, uh, as we had stated out of the beginning, we're going to be talking about um, a very important topic, and and I don't think we've covered this on a podcast before, so uh, this is kind of exciting for us. Um, The subject matter isn't exciting, but bringing awareness to this is exciting um, because we'd like more people to learn about this. But uh, before we get into it, um, Allie, can you just kind of give us a little bit of background on who you are uh, where you came from, and, and what your day-to-day position here is. Absolutely. So I am a native Tulsan. So I am originally from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, moved to Oklahoma City area oh, about a year and a half ago. Uh, started at Tinker uh, back in February, pre-pandemic, and then got to experience all of that that comes with it, um, trying to learn the position teleworking. So it's been an interesting uh, year for me, but the majority of my background is um, maltreatment, child abuse and neglect. Um, I came from an advocacy center in Tulsa as a forensic interviewer. So I have a lot of experience talking with kiddos, interviewing kiddos, and um, kind of knowledge about maltreatment stuff. Wow. Did, did you say forensic interviewer? Yeah. So... When I uh, when I tell people that, the response is always, oh, my gosh, that sounds awful. And it's funny because kids actually are hilarious aside from, obviously, um, disclosing maltreatment stuff. But they're so funny and they're so resilient in a sense of, you know, they can disclose terrible things happening to them. But um, you can kind of close out an interview and they're laughing and smiling and um, going about like their normal day to day. So. I love that job, but I'm so glad that I'm here at Tinker um, with Family Advocacy to do uh, my role as the intervention specialist. Right. That's, um, yeah, I think you, just for the the audience awareness, um, we're actually doing this via telephone uh, this time. We normally would get into a room, but uh, with the the new requirements for uh, social distancing and and face masking, uh, we just decided that it'd be better for us to do it via telephone rather than, than mask up and, and try to do this with masks on. But it almost seemed like you could see my face there when, when you said that, cause I was the say, I was like, Oh my gosh, what is that? But uh, 
Anyway, so um, could you tell us a little bit about what exactly is Teen Dating Violence Awareness Month? So Teen Dating Violence Awareness Month, also what we refer to it in our office, is TDBAM. But for this purpose, I'll continue to say Teen Dating Violence Awareness Month. Um, Every month in February, it occurs for um, families or parents or teens to join together to bring awareness um, to teen dating violence because it is so prevalent, but nobody really talks about it. Um, so we do have a couple other specialty months that we do in family advocacy. April is child abuse prevention and October is domestic violence. Um, so this is a big month for us as far as making sure people are aware about teen dating violence, um, making sure that there's education and resources available to parents and for um, young kiddos and teens as well. Right. So how did you end up getting involved with this this field? So my background, I originally started um, Department of Human Services in the state of Oklahoma, oh gosh, uh, 12 years ago now. Um, and I just have always really been interested in working with kids and especially working with kids that aren't um, privileged or have the same opportunities as others because of trauma that's happened to them. Um, so when I saw this position become available, I knew it was kind of right up my alley in a sense of I love um, prevention and I love outreach. And I think if we can get ahead of the game as far as uh, education and educating people about maltreatment or preventing it, um, I would love to be put out of a job. <laughs> wow. That's a uh, – is, is there a big difference between um... – or is this a new position here? So the intervention specialist, it's always been around um, as far as the family advocacy side. Um, Right now I have really pushed out kind of the, um, our AFI and what we have to do as far as training agencies and whatnot. Um, It's not due till October, those trainings, but I've really pushed them out the beginning of this fiscal year because I really, really, really want to focus on the prevention and outreach side of things um, and getting people more involved in family advocacy and our classes that we have there. Right. Is is it it a, do you have to be a certain type of person to get into this work? Like, um, I would say not caring per se. Um, and I ask this because my daughter actually started in this line of work, uh, when she first got out of college and mm-hmm. she, she didn't have the, uh, she just couldn't hang with it. Like it really, it, it overtook her fairly quickly, a couple years out of the gate. And so, I mean, it's, how do you balance you know, the, the things that you have to deal with and, and helping these these kiddos work through these struggles or even having to hear it. Yeah, I will say definitely some days are easier than others. Um, I was really fortunate and blessed in my grad school program to have um, cohorts with me that were really supportive, uh, that I could rely on, that I could call and reach out to. Um, I have a two-year-old, and I will say having kids has changed me in the sense of uh, prior to being or whenever I was a forensic interviewer, I didn't have a kid, so it really affected me as far as uh, my mental health, and I think it's very important to be self-aware when you're in the social work field of not only self-care, but knowing your limits, Um, and I, like I said, I've just been really fortunate to have even coworkers as well that 
kind of challenge me or question me, like, what are you doing to take care of you? Um, it's important not, obviously you hear like in any profession, don't take work home with you. Uh, but it's kind of hard to do when you're exposed to like the trauma day in and day out to not take that stuff home with you because as a human, you have empathy and you really feel for these kids. But in the same sense, you have to remember, okay, this is my role. This is my position. Um, how can I continue to help and support these families without it affecting me? Right. And it, of course, as a, as you know, generally as parents with, with your children, you have like that large protective cloak out all the time. Yes. You know? <laughs> so yeah. When, when you hear about it from other children, yeah, I could imagine that's, uh, that's I mean, it's difficult to even think about. Um, so what signs should parents look for in their teens to see if they're actually a victim uh, of this and, 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 and they don't want to talk to their parents or, or people about it? I think, so teens are tricky in the sense of um, teens are in that phase of that self-exploration of trying to figure out like their identity and who they are, Um, but specifically signs if they're in an abusive relationship. And whenever I say abuse, we're talking about sexual abuse, emotional abuse, um, other types of abuse. So um, if they are not willing to have you meet their boyfriend or girlfriend, that's usually a pretty good sign that maybe it's not a healthy relationship. Um, If they're isolating themselves from family or friends, if they're telling you that their boyfriend or girlfriend isn't wanting you to hang out with other people, um, if you notice that their boyfriend or girlfriend is controlling in the sense of they can only spend time with them, they can only talk to them on the phone, uh, they're very secretive about their phone, So, and I just did, Patty is the other phase with me. We just did um, a billboard and it will be posted at the the youth center of apps to kind of look for with teens Mm -hmm. and whether this be um, teens talking to even older adults, not necessarily teen dating violence, but um, we know that older adults are kind of perpetrating on younger victims more and more because of social media. Mm-hmm. So we'll have a poster over there of just some apps to be mindful of and some um, signs of why these apps aren't good. And a lot of them, I think it's scary to see a lot of these share your location and you don't even know you're sharing your location. So um, that's really scary. And then strangers can contact you on these apps. Like you don't even have to be a friend with them and someone can send you a message or send you a picture, you know, so that's pretty dangerous stuff. But um, as far as parents looking for signs with teen dating violence, um, it's just important to know your kids and talk to your kids um, and have that open communication with them without judgment and fear of repercussions. Right. And of course, I mean, you bring up all, all of the technical tools, even my daughter, when she grew up, um, this wasn't really, this technology wasn't there enough. So you, uh, there was certainly less opportunity for, for those types, for, for that out, for that reach to happen, not right. less opportunity for, for what could possibly happen, but the, the reach was certainly much smaller. So as a parent, you had a lot uh, more refined focus area. Um, you yeah. didn't have to worry about that. And April, you have a you have a daughter right in smack in the middle of of this uh, this yeah. age bracket, and so you're probably aware of of uh, putting the Hawkeyes, or you'll learn some things putting the Hawkeye <laughs> on what to look for and make sure she's safe. 
definitely. She's 13, so I'm, I'm mm. taking notes as you're talking, Allie. God bless you, April. <laughs> <laughs> so do, do kids bottle up and generally not want to talk about this? Do they, do they oh, feel yeah. that? Mm. Absolutely. And just even with abuse in general, so what we know about disclosures and the process of kids disclosing abuse is um, – not that we're not teaching stranger danger anymore, but it's typically somebody that they love and care about. Um, so kids are more likely to say that nothing happened to them as opposed to saying, yeah, this happened to me. And reasons for that is why they love that person. They don't want that person to get in trouble. So whether that's a boyfriend or a girlfriend, you know, maybe they know what's happening is wrong, but maybe they know the consequences of if I tell on this person, they're going to get in trouble and I don't want that to happen. Or, um, specifically with any type of adult perpetrating on a kid or anything like that, maybe that adult is their family's source of income. So maybe they have fear of, okay, what happens if I tell and this person goes to jail? Are we going to be homeless or, you know, things like that. So there's a lot as far as kids bottling up and not saying things. Um, it's super common. So, that's probably a, a big issue with just making sure parents are educated about teen dating violence and how prevalent it is. Right. Um, and there's actually a statistic that says, and this is so crazy to me, 81% of teens, um, sorry, 81% of parents of teens don't think that violence in a teen dating relationship is a big deal. However, 80% of teens do. Wow. So <clears throat> if we have parents that don't, think it's a big issue how are we supporting our kids to be a safe place you know right and i have right. to imagine that building trust and listening probably are the two biggest strengths you'd have as a parent right yeah, i mean you, your children have to they have to trust that that they can talk to you and, and you certainly um, you know, not getting angry, like as, you know, as, as a dad of a daughter, you know, you could see yourself easily getting very angry quickly. Um, but it's better in that situation to just sit back and listen and, and let them, yeah. let them deliver the information without that fear. Gosh, that's, those are challenging yep. things to overcome, especially when you're talking about, you know, they don't want somebody to get in trouble. That's, uh, mm, yep. Already here. Um, That's one. Go ahead. April. One thing that I struggle with is the listening as a parent. Mm -hmm. I want to, I want to help her right away. I don't listen to the full thing, so that's a big struggle. Yeah, that maybe a lot of parents have. Well, and the thing about it too is, and this is what even when I was a forensic interviewer, these kids are the experts. I mean, we were just talking about social media and whatnot. I'm not as in tune with what apps and stuff predators are using nowadays, but when I was interviewing, they would teach me all the time about these apps. And, you know, the kids are the experts on this subject. They're the experts of, you know, what they need in a sense of mom, I just need you to listen or dad, I just need you to listen. And then that's when, once you get that, um, kind of stage of listening with your kiddo, you can approach it of, okay, how can we keep you safe and where do we go from here? Um, but if you can get that, hey, mom, I need to talk to you, like, you know, you're in of that having that safe place that they can come to to talk to. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's good advice. It's something for parents to really sit back and, and take note of and uh, work, you know, work at it. 
Um, so can males be victim to teen dating violence? Absolutely. Um, research is suggesting now that one in 15 males will actually experience um, violence in a dating relationship at some point. Wow. Um, so it's important to know it just isn't happening to females. It's happening to males, too. And I sense that maybe that number is probably higher, but males are taught not to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of inner circle unfortunate pressure you know, amongst guys, I guess, and 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 males in general, especially growing up, it's a it's a vulnerable time. You know, teenage males kind of a, a vulnerable time about how do you express you know the difference between you know emotions you're feeling and and the bravado that you're supposed to be absolutely growing into. Yep. Well, one in fifteen though, that's that's higher than than I would have even thought. So that's uh, yeah, yeah. Parents take note of that too. You're uh, just because yep. you have a son doesn't mean they can't be victim. Um. So what are we we get away from that? That's challenging to, as as a parent. It's you know you get into that conversation. It's challenging to think about and talk about. But so what are what special things are we doing here at the base to try to help raise awareness? Yeah, so today is actually Wear Orange Day um, in support and bringing awareness to teen dating violence. So I have a little blue and orange shirt on, and my coworker Patty's wearing an orange shirt. Um, we have some orange ribbons up here, too, that we're doing. But aside from that, we have a booth set up uh, downstairs in our med building right across from Family Medicine. And there's some resources there. Uh, one of the websites that we really utilized is loveisrespect.org. Uh, and they have an incredible campaign every year. Um, they pick a theme, and this year's theme is Knowing Your Worth. So they're really focusing this year on empowering youth um, and educating them as far as what a healthy relationship should look like, where can you go for help, things like that. So we have some of their information downstairs in our booth. Um I know that we're pushing some stuff out via social media with Juan. So we're working with Juan as far as uh, making sure things are getting out through social media. And um, then also, if you go to the med building, we have little orange flags out front. Hmm. And we put some statistics on there and then kind of ended it out with um, the hotline number. Because there is a hotline number that teens can call. Um, to get help as well as texting. So the texting is you text love is all one word L O V E I S uh, to two two five two two, or you can call the hotline and talk to somebody um, live, and that number is one eight six six three three one nine four seven four. Or if you don't want to do either one of those things, you can always walk up um, to our mental health flight and talk to one of us at Family Advocacy, and we'll be glad to talk to parents or help educate them or even teens um, how to stay safe or what to do from here. Right. It's good stuff. And so you said there there are flags. Are the flags out in front of – you said they're in front of the the clinic? Yep. They're in front of the med building right now. Uh, Patty and I just put them out. Yesterday, because we anticipated all this cold weather and figured <laughs> the ground would probably be frozen. So, but they're in there and in, the, in the ground. Right, and it looks like we're we're going to be frozen for at least the next week. So, good good yeah. thinking on you guys as part way to get yeah. ahead, of the, ahead of the game. Um, and so, a- April, is there anything you want to? It's it's harder when we can't see each other. So, I, I don't know you could be jumping out trying to ask a question, but or or chat. Mm-hmm. 
No, no. I think all of my questions have been answered. Awesome. Um, yeah. So, Allie, is there anything you want to you want to add, or or should add some things that maybe we didn't talk about that people should be aware of? Yeah, I just want to say um, teen dating violence and just abuse and maltreatment of kiddos is so prevalent. Um, research and statistics are now suggesting that one in three teens will experience some type of abuse from someone before they're adults. So whether that's physical, sexual, or emotional, and that is huge. Um, because when people experience trauma, when teens experience trauma, um, they are more prevalent for long-term consequences, whether that be alcoholism, eating disorders, suicidal thoughts, uh, violent behavior, stuff like that. So if we don't help these teens and kids early on, uh, we're looking at a society, one in three of really, really um, significant mental health disorders and um, some stuff that long-term is not great for your health overall uh, and things like that. Mm. So it's even happening in colleges too. And I just want to point that out real quick. 38% of college students say if something were to happen to them as far as um, violent behaviors or a victim of dating abuse, they would not know where to go to get help. So if we can push you know, education, resources, support, um, we can hopefully get people the help that they need and the resources that they need to help in this or help educate more people about it. Right. And I, I think that you just pointed out something that, you know, people need to also be aware of is that this this teen dating violence is not just around physical and sexual, um, emotional abuse can have some extremely long-term deep effects um, and that's something to look look for as well. Yeah. Um, so, wow, great stuff. Um, thank you, Allie, for for taking time and uh, braving the uh, the weather. I'm not sure if you, if you're at work or at home <laughs> teleworking, but uh, the extremes for sure. But um, really important topic that you talked about today, and and I'm glad we were able to catch up and do this this year. Um, like I said, it's it's our first time for the podcast to kind of raise awareness to this, but it's uh, as you can hear from the numbers, it's extremely important. Uh, there's a lot of people dealing and suffering from this. And just to tell you too, we will post in the show notes the um, the text and the and the resources that you gave us during the show here. So awesome! Um, if people couldn't remember it, yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me. I think this is a huge topic um, just to protect our young people. Uh, and if anybody has any questions too, they can always call our family advocacy office and that's 582-6604. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. And April, thanks. And uh, welcome to, you're not new to us for sure. You've, you've been with our office for a while, but uh, new at jumping in for the Tinker Talks. So. Yeah, I'm excited. Thank Ex- you. <laughs> excited to have you. So, With that, we are going to wrap up another episode of Tinker Talks. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, As I said, we will be posting um, links and resources in the show notes. Um, And, of course, if if you have questions, make sure to call Family Advocacy. And uh, don't forget to check out our social media pages as well. Um, You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Tinker Air Force Base and on Twitter at Team underscore Tinker. And then, of course, our website, which is growing and flushing out. We have a tremendous resource available on the Tinker website. So if you've never gone there, please take the time, 
go to www.tinker.af.mil and check out our website page. Uh, and also, you can we have a very, very robust coronavirus page and an FAQ page on vaccines and, and those things. So take five minutes and go on there and check out those resources. And so until next time, thanks, everybody. Uh, make sure you... Take care, take care of your loved ones, um, as we had talked about in this podcast. It's great for us parents to just kind of sit back and listen and uh, gain the trust of our kiddos and, and help them navigate through their probably uh, the most difficult period of their life to get through as they venture on to adulthood. So until next time, thank you so much for joining us. Stay safe out there. Stay warm. Treat each other with, with respect and have a great day and a great week.